Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Do we start all our podcasts now with, like, indescribable noises? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Celebratory ones? Maybe sometimes bad ones, too. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, shitsville. That's me talking about the weather. Friends. Oh, dear. I am soggy hearted. It is a bit depressing, isn't it? Although I did Mm. see a, I got served a really delightful raincoat on Instagram the other day. And now I'm like, oh. Is it Stutterheim? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of raincoat ads. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, there are some really nice ones on there. It's Very toppy. expensive. It's not cheap. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to like sell something. <laughs> An organ. An organ, yeah. <laughs> I've got a uterus going. It's pretty shit. Yeah. It doesn't really work. I could soup it up. But I look so chic underneath that raincoat, so... <laughs> <laughs> um how are you otherwise other than I'm being pissed fine. off at the weather yeah i'm pissed off at the weather um i'm just busy at the moment you know when people go oh i'm so busy i'm always like oh shut up mm. like just i really hate it when people tell me how busy they are mm. i just think it's really it's it's like almost like competitive yeah you know what i mean like oh i'm yeah. so busy i'm busier than you actually i'm yeah. just so busy um so yeah i retract that statement i'm fine I'm ha- I'm occupied in a you're not positive bored. way. Let's I'm say you're not bored. bored. No, I'm it's not good for bored. you, isn't it? Not being bored. Yeah, exactly. It's but I'm not lucky. busy, and I do have enough time for you. Oh well, that's always good. Mm-hmm. Makes me happy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to say that I'm busy. No, because you're not. No, I'm not. Well, I'm not no. bored though. You're not bored. <laughs> Would you say you're chronically underboard? Yeah, I would say I'm chronically underboard. Yeah, unfortunately, I'd quite like to be bored. Anyway, um, yeah, I've got one. I've got a quite a nice week coming up. I think everyone's. Well, we've got the bank holiday coming up. That's exciting. Yeah. You're going I'm, on holiday, aren't you? I'm going to a hotel for two nights. Oh my god! Um, we're supposed to be going to a hotel for two nights. In fact, yeah, we're supposed we to be going to the hotel that you're going to. Yeah, I know. It was awkward. Um, yeah. 
hope Maybe. you feel awkward about that. Yeah, I do feel a bit awkward. Great. But it is, um, yeah, it was our friends uh, had gone, had booked to go with another couple and, and that other couple fell through. Mm. So we were like shoehorned in and we were like, yes, please shoehorn me in. Yeah, <laughs> so. fair enough. <laughs> So yeah, that's going to be quite nice. I hope. They're quite. Um, they go to quite glamorous locations. Those two, don't they? Well, they're Soho house addicts. Yeah, they're the only reason I've ever been to Soho farmhouse, and I'm yeah. very grateful for it. Um. So yeah, it's going to be nice. We're not going to the farmhouse. It's not. Yeah. It's not there. But um. Yeah. So I'm. I'm in a relatively chirpy mood. I would say. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Yorkshire this weekend. That's nice. Yeah, the weather's set to be rainy. Oh God! Oh no! Yeah, so that's. I think uh, it's meant to be nice weather this weekend. Mm, yes, probably. But in Yorkshire, it's set to be rainy. Oh dear. <laughs> well, maybe you should you should buy the raincoat. Yeah, I think I should buy the raincoat. Although I do have a nice raincoat. Yeah, I went to an event do. this weekend where me and somebody else are wearing identical raincoats, and I felt quite good about it, to be honest. Was it a cool person? Yeah, it's a cool person, and um, I'm a cool person. Mm, yeah, you are. Between us, definitely we cool. Wow, cool yeah. AF, cool AF. Um, should we discuss the show, or should we just keep talking about raincoats? I think the listeners would like to hear more on our thoughts for <laughs> raincoats, but but <laughs> we should probably crack on with the exciting episode we have in front of us. Okay, so the, the episode we have before us. Um, firstly, before I go on, we just want to give a shout out for questions for Liz, our agony aunt. If you've got any problems, give us a shout. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally not medical ones. Yeah, not medical ones, but like maybe like if you're having problems with your relationship or like relationships with friends, that's always mm, a good one. Mm, mm. Or any dilemmas. Any dilemmas or any just like niggling issues in your head that you just need to get out. Yeah. Just yeah. send them over. Get them um, over here. Yeah, we'll put contact details at the end of this link. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and, but today... Oh, we're starting with Sophie. We're starting with Sophie, yeah. Starting with Sophie, great. Um, and we're talking about, I mean, I think a lot of people in our community would describe them as fur babies. Mm, yeah, we are. And in the in the recording, we discuss why we don't call them fur babies. But um, yes, pets. Yeah, puppy yeah. dogs. Kitty cats. I've got that puppy dog. Oh yeah, we talk about our cats. Yeah, we do talk about our cats. The dog uh, in in question does appear in yeah. the podcast. That's she exciting, does make an appearance. A little, yeah. I did cut out a bit of the barking because it oh. did go on. But, but there is a little bit of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't, have, you can't talk about Midge and not have Midge there. You, exactly, right. It's right to reply. It's good journalism. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So that is nice. And then we've got a fresh interview with a very exciting person. Yeah, Jenny Wordsworth. And who's Jenny Wordsworth, Emma? She's a polar explorer. Yes, she fucking is. She is a fucking, a fucking polar, polar explorer. explorer. Uh, she, I mean, I've got to warn you all that some of her descriptions of things that have happened to her are quite graphic. There's some some descriptions of injuries that made me go a bit funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, she's amazing. Like, she has... She's just like casually running ultra marathons. Also, the number of people who are professional explorers in the world, probably very small. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, we discuss it, obviously. But yeah, I'd say Jenny, Bear Grylls. Who else? That's it. Yeah, that's probably it. I think that's literally oh, that army dude. What was that? Like fit army dude that went. Oh, the guy did all those exploring TV programs. Like yeah, I mean the thing is he was exploring. Levison Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He um, I mean he's not really an explorer because no. he just went to places that people already live. Yeah. And I think like, Jenny's more of an explorer than Levison. Yeah. Probably. She's harder as well. No offense, Levison, because if you want to hang out, I'll hang out with you. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think you're right. Probably. Um, also like one of the traits that I noticed in her is that she and I in many ways are kindred spirits because she is an extremely impatient person (laughs) she was like wait three years no (laughs) I'm not pregnant after month one action please action stations yeah it was she's definitely uh what was it what do they call people like that a determined a-types? Oh, yeah. Type A's? Type, type, type A, A's. Yeah. yeah. Type I mean, a. I'm quite an impatient person. I'm A-types. probably not that impatient. A-types. Like, like the, um, I know, <laughs> A-class Mercedes. Yeah. That's me. Oh, God. Look, I'm so stupid sometimes. Um, <laughs> Emma, you are, you're probably the most impatient person I know. Um, <laughs> not anymore. N- yeah. Well, yeah. True. <laughs> uh yes so um, um that was quite a fun conversation yes it was it was definitely a bit different which is good yeah and then of course bringing up the rear we've oh, got professor tim yeah. <laughs> what's he talking about he's talking about a, a subject very close to my heart thin linings oh the old linings i would say we receive on average five emails a week about thin linings mm yeah um so we've finally spoken to a professional about it yeah 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 Yeah. um so hopefully Mm -hmm. you'll be shining a light on everyone's linings yes absolutely so um that's yeah that's the show for today yeah guys and if you want to email us any questions for liz please do so with the subject line bfn agony and Yes, please do. And um, um and any other any other questions for us? Yeah. Requests, anything Absolutely. you want to get in touch with, tell us your story. Yeah, I'm um, just like, you know, tell us that better weather is coming, that would be nice too. <laughs> if anyone out there knows more about the weather than we do, yeah. And would like to come on the podcast and tell the listeners about the weather. Please, just you're welcome. You're welcome. Just get in touch. Give us a yeah. shout. Um on bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, or you can Instagram us at Big Fat Negative, uh, or you can tweet us at Big Fat Negative. We've sacked off Facebook. Yeah, can't be fat, Facebook. Um, Facebook. I do still check check the inbox every now and then. Um, what else was I going? Oh, and please rate and review the podcast. Oh yeah, so other people to find it. Please rate and review the podcast, yeah. and please buy our book. Yes. Book, buy the book. I actually was rereading some of it the other day because oh, I like to do that sometimes. Yeah, and I was doing some edits, wasn't I? And I, I forgot how good it is. Oh, mate. Already, I'd forgotten how funny now, it was. That's what you want to discover when you're rereading the book. <laughs> Not, oh my god, that shit. Oh, that's good. Um, um, yeah. Can I tell you about books that I've got obsessed with recently? Yeah, please do. Um, the novels of Sophia Money Coots. Oh, I so great. If she's listening, maybe I shouldn't say this. I've never read any of them. Oh my God, they're so good. Gabby, just read them. Okay, sure. It's like drinking hot chocolate. 
<laughs> I, will, I will i will order one yeah start do it anyway um please enjoy the show everyone enjoy it guys we love you very much Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for having me back. This is going to be very tiring if we do this kind of politeness every single time. (laughs) 20 episodes in the season, you're in Right, so out with it. What's going on? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had kind of following on from last time I talked to you guys, I had an interesting meeting today, an IRL meeting. um, (laughs) with someone who I'm matey with, but no kind of through work stuff. So I know him in a mm-hmm. professional context. Um, and last time I was talking about how I talked about being on the podcast and talked about infertility on LinkedIn and he'd mm-hmm. seen it. So um, uh, it was my first in real life experience oh, wow. of him saying, uh, I listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> And then I realized which episode he'd listened to. And I was like, oh, it's definitely oh. the one where I was talking about my sex life a lot. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was great, actually. It was really, really nice. And he shared a lot of things that him and his partner had experienced. And again, overall, really positive oh. experience. Mm. And yeah. yeah, yeah, really posy. Apart from the it's fact like- I was like, oh, you've heard me you know, <laughs> refer to parts of my body that I just don't yeah. think would come up even after we'd had several points. It's yeah. um, it's always odd when somebody IRL goes, oh, I, you're from Big, Big Fat Negative. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I listened to that. Or like quite often John gets texts from like colleagues that he's worked with mm. like once or twice because he works on lots of different jobs. And it's just, it's always quite like, oh, that's nice. It's nice, yeah. yeah. You do feel a bit exposed. Yeah, no, I quite like it. It makes me feel kind of like, oh, real people listen to this. I mean, I know every all our listeners are real. <laughs> all people. <laughs> no, it does. It brings well because when you're sitting behind a mic chatting shit, yeah, and and sending it out to the world, you don't really see the people that are listening to it or yeah. you know you don't you don't know if anyone's listening to it even though analytics tell us lots of people are <laughs> um you <laughs> may, you may want to buy <laughs> yeah. yeah lots of people who are currently reaching for the uh the laptop to buy our book yeah. Yeah. um yeah no it is it is interesting and it is always a bit um well i had a um i was in the pub the other day with my husband mm-hmm. and we got talking to a stranger who had mm-hmm. a dog and after like a very short amount of time it transpired that him and his wife were trying and failing to have kids and mm-hmm. it was like whoa this this all came out of all of us very quickly <laughs> like it's crazy yeah yeah but that's good i think that's how it should be you know in future world mm. there'll be no taboo no shame and everyone will just be like how are you doing today mate and you'll be like bit shit i'm infertile yeah. <laughs> you know? how's things with you oh um well, i'm fine <laughs> Let, lean on me <laughs> um yeah. yeah you know you yeah. just kind of drop it in as casually as I've just had you know dental work yeah <laughs> exactly oh, um yeah it was quite it was quite nice quite refreshing I felt like yeah yeah, yeah. nice anyway um talking of dogs mm. um 
So if you're going to tell us a little bit about your dog, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I would <laughs> suggest people who aren't that into animals, I mean, <laughs> you might as well go now. It's going to be <laughs> really gushy. <laughs> I mean, who's not into Midge? Come on. You oh, might have just heard in the background that little pitter-patter, like boop, 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 boop. Um, that was just her little patter in to say hello, which even that I'm just like, oh, oh so adorable. <laughs> the sound of your tiny little paws on my raggedy old floorboards. <laughs> it's like kind of disgusting um, who you become as a pet owner. Yeah. So just, just to be clear, we're talking about animals. <laughs> we are. We are. About- infertility pets <laughs> not just a, a friend who i've got around for a drink with <laughs> tiny feet hello pitter patter are you looking for some more stuff in your blog <laughs> <laughs> um yeah tell us about the the genesis of midge yeah so um midge is a dog uh she's a border terrier um uh, which is kind of the link to her name, small and bitey and found around Scotland. Very much. Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> but also, yeah. it also just riffs so well. We've discovered, you know, uh, well, I won't get into the... Please do. Uh, you know, Please you've do. got to give us a little one. <laughs> Smidge. Smidgel Pig is current fave. Mm, Smidgel Pig. Smidge Smodge. <laughs> It's just, it's the riffing potential is endless. Yeah. I love it. I yeah, love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Lots of songs as well. Whole oh. epic lyrics. Oh, I have no doubt. Having had many a bad rap battle with you, <laughs> I have no doubt that there's some good songs floating yeah. around your house. Oh, it's oh, there she is. Oh, oh, there she is. There she is. Schmidgeroo. Yep. Just uh, just keeping the block of flats safe from everyone oh. who enters them and lives here. That's a really good <laughs> doggy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, excellent guard dog who is absolutely minuscule. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Genesis of Mid. I mean, we wanted to get a dog, but kind of um, thought we should wait until we move out of London and have a garden. We're in a flat with a balcony. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to caveat all of this because I know everyone's going to be hearing this being like, yeah, I know then lockdown happened and you've become a massive cliche and uh, you've got a lockdown dog in a flat in London and it's really cruel. But actually, just lean into the cliche. Right? Yeah, actually, we had planned to get a dog before lockdown. <laughs> before, before lockdown. Yeah. Everyone wanted a dog before lockdown. It's just that they couldn't have one and they were responsible. Yeah. Well, we were actually due to get one. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the, one of the newsletters I wrote for you guys. Oh, yeah. God. Um, we mm-hmm. were due to get one from our friends who've got um, lovely border terriers and uh, had uh, put one of theirs to pup. Um and we were really excited and obviously like the whole of lockdown one in the UK was just you know just crap uh work was really full on but I was like oh but at least we're getting a little dog at the end um and then uh really sadly their whole litter died on day five so sad I just can't even it's so sad them I think the mother got some kind of infection and um which just felt at the time to me like 
I know this is ridiculous but it just felt so cruelly symbolic I was like what yeah. the fuck like oh, I can't have kids and this dog can't oh, have I can't kids even have a dog. I can't mm. even have a dog um yeah. yeah obviously I hadn't met the dog but I'd seen like little photos and videos and stuff yeah. I mean absolutely mm-hmm. heartbreaking for them um but yeah, yeah. But also heartbreaking for you it, yeah, mate. yeah it was actually and I was kind of feeling quite emotionally fraught anyway just kind of stressed out from intensity of work covid mm. everything you know mm-hmm. and then I was you know going to the park with like I've oh, got a little dog or a little kid um yeah. so yeah so that was uh sad but um that's my I'm not actually as much at the lockdown cliche as I may at first appear <laughs> sad <laughs> Sad introduction to then the good bit of the story, which is um, finding a little dog. Um, and we got her in about mid-January. So it was like right in the bleakest part for me mm-hmm. of, um, yeah, January, Feb for me have been the, the, the kind of the worst months of this whole thing. Oh, and, yeah. um, and it's great. Yeah, I got to meet her before I left London. Yeah, yeah, you did. She had a, t- yeah. she had a bit of a meltdown. She did, she did. I feel it was maybe, <laughs> I was too intense for her, you know, like greatness. Yeah, yeah, she, she was, was overawed by you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, lots of people are. It, how, was, how, it was a second outing out of the house. Meltdown? What, what kind of meltdown did she have? Well, it was, it was actually was namely it? like a cheese meltdown because um, you and Mr. Gabby had a delicious pizza and it was only her yeah. second outing out of the house. She wasn't allowed on the ground because she hadn't been vaccinated. I didn't know this, but when you get a puppy, like they can't actually yeah, go on the ground for a while because they need yeah. all their jabs and stuff. Um, uh, and then, you know, there was just, I think just traffic noise being outside plus mm. smell of delicious cheese pizza yeah. that, that she just... Mr. Gabby rocked up with a, <laughs> with a voodoo rays pizza which is i'm just i mean i'd love to have one now oh, but um yeah it was a bit mean so what did she bark she just <laughs> i don't know she just started wriggling all over me like trying to she didn't know what she wanted to do she was like i think i want to eat that i don't know what this noise is i'm excited you know i was obviously quite a new dog owner so i was like oh god she's having a meltdown uh, let's just take her back but she's really adorable normally <laughs> can I just talk about like people who have puppies in lockdown right so when I was about I want to say like 12 we got a puppy he was a Cavalier King Charles we got mm-hmm. him we brought him home we cooed over him all day then we put him in the kitchen and went to bed the puppy cried the next night he cried a bit less. The next night he cried a bit less. The next night he was fine. Um, we gave him his jabs and then took him out for walks. Um, now my dad's just got a puppy, a retriever. Mm. He <laughs> first night was like, yes, I'm going to sleep downstairs with him tonight. And then his my dad was like, my wife's going to sleep downstairs with him tomorrow night. Um, and then they did that for like God knows how long. And then he's also only allowed out for like another five minutes per month when it comes to walks yes yes that's the thing um it just seems I feel like puppy ownership has changed maybe for the better but it does feel like we're molly molly coddling the shit out of them and well I'm look I wouldn't say that because I would. hey <laughs> but it just makes me laugh how it's changed so much 
But also there's this big issue at the moment because everyone's at home all the time, both with new puppies and with dogs mm. that have been around the block, um, yeah. literally, uh, that yeah. they're all going to have separation anxiety because yeah. uh-huh. if you're someone who has, for whatever reason, been at home much more than usual, the dog's like, it just gets used to it. And then when you go, uh-huh. can't handle it. Yeah, there's going to be lots of chewed up um, pillows and stuff in people's living rooms, aren't there? Yes. Yes, there are. Namely yours. So. <laughs> um, but you, so would you, like, how do you tell people, I mean, do you say, I got a puppy because um, because I'm infertile and I, I, I need something to look after? Well, no, because it is, my other half, uh, Mr. Sophie, as we're calling him, um, actually procured the dog and he is adamant it's not an infertility pet because he's like I just right. always wanted a border terrier I've had border terriers in the past um but for me obviously it kind of took on a, a many more layers of symbolism because I yeah. was like oh thank god I've t- got a little vessel to put my love into and that I can mm. just really um focus on caring for and nurturing to distract myself from what feels like a gap in that area quite a significant Mm. gap hence why we're all here um uh and actually you know that I thought that was going to be non-stop positive before I got rid I was like oh yeah you know it's obviously not Let's be clear, just in case anyone has any doubt, a dog is not a baby. <laughs> but in the run-up, I was like, great, this will be the distraction I need. And yeah, it's a distraction. Great. Yeah, but then, I think- but then there's all these things that you don't really anticipate, like that they kept reminding me of like what's not. So kind of yeah. in the run-up, it's like, oh, okay, well, we have to, you know, we've got um stairs in our flat. So it's like, okay, we're gonna have to buy a baby gate to stop her going down the stairs and I was like oh yeah and then like there's all this like cute little stuff you know like tiny little things Mm. I'm just like oh this is all really nice but it's it's not baby stuff yeah yeah we got so I got um Nora cat oh two I mean she's the most infertility pet in the whole world we got her maybe one week after our failed embryo transfer Mm. after our pregnancy test um, and I just remember so clearly the day that I took the pregnancy test, feeling this absence of a, like a weight on my lap. Mm-hmm. Like I just needed this weight. And I was like, if I can't have a baby, I want to get a dog. <laughs> John was like, we can't get a dog. <laughs> we were at work all day. And I went, fine, a cat. And I, I'm not a cat person. Like I don't like cats particularly. I've always been a bit scared of them. But I just felt this need for a weight on my lap so keenly mm-hmm. that we trotted off to Battersea and got a cat and she does sit on my lap but she does not like strokes mm, mm. so um yeah I mean she's a bit of an asshole but then I think babies would be a bit bit actually like you, I do you love and John her. dote over Nora we do and she the thing is that she's been you know she she is an asshole she does bite she does scratch and you have to be really careful with her and some people you know, if they if they do get pregnant, they get rid of a cat like that. But we have not been able to do that because she, like, I, I massively credit her with kind of getting me through the worst of it. Mm. Massively, like yeah. she was, she is a bitch, but she's a, you know, she's funny. She's your and, bitch. 
She's my yeah, bitch. Exactly. Yeah, I she, think she's, yeah. she's a great character. She's very full of character. Okay, sometimes <laughs> that character is a bitch, but <laughs> she's just quite cool. I think she, I've got a lot of respect for Nora. Yeah, people do have respect for Nora. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. those calls. Um, yeah, she's a good. So, one. so, so, how how have other people kind of approached Midge as as your as like they like? Oh well, thank God, Sophie's got um, Midge now. I I have suspected that a bit, and I um, Kaz, I remember talking to you about this. Oh, look, she's just popping up to say hello. So, oh, hello, hi, Midge. The the mic. Giving giving me a nice little lick. She's quite into. Aww licking whatever appendage I've got out at the moment very into licking my feet oh, <laughs> legs when I just got out of the shower very sweet um yeah. go on get off <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah so when I first got her there was like this outpour of everyone just been oh send mid send pup dates more we want more midge content oh blah 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 and I was like and then I kind of got this weird um dog owner imposter syndrome was and was like is everyone like really overcompensating because they think that this is my substitute baby or do people actually like puppies this much? People do like puppies that much. People do like puppies. And also I mean, they it was like that really bleak uh, lockdown in January that it kind of took everyone by surprise. And I think there wasn't that much positive going on for mm. most people in my life. I mean, dog content was kind of what everyone needed, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was just, you know, I think you can sometimes get a weird um, mm. imposter syndrome type thing with any mm. em- emotions around infertility. And I was like, oh, this is, is this a bit cringe? Because everyone's like mm. trying to act like it's, I don't know, like a, a huge like big, thing in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's nothing worse than that feeling that people are feeling sorry for you. It's just absolutely oh, yeah, icky. Yeah. And you just can't really, you know, in one sense, you're kind of like, well, yeah, I'm in a bit of a shit situation. But you just don't want people to be like, mm-hmm. what, yeah. want, want them to, to kind of understand and be like, oh, yeah, that's shit. But without being like, oh, you yeah. or I better make it real I don't know I do I in a way other people can't really win because <laughs> it's very yeah. difficult to get the right emotional reaction yeah um but then the other thing is obviously with a dog you know everyone just says oh it's just like having a baby isn't it because you know they're waking up in the night they're mm. crying the, the you know having to keep your eye on them the whole time you know like how much time they take up how much attention they need everyone I know who um has or had had a dog who didn't know about the infertility situation and some who do <laughs> were like oh yeah it's just like having a baby isn't it I remember when ours was a pup and that must sting yeah yeah that really uh really stings actually that's shit because you're like yeah it's not though is it um yeah but, yeah, but can't so. say it and it's that you know it's that yeah. whole thing with infertility when people don't know of constantly having to try and hold on and hold back mm-hmm. your emotions which yeah. somehow entrenches them even more well I guess that's yeah. not a mystery you know it's classic therapy isn't it the more you suppress the worse it gets <laughs> yeah yeah but now it's all joy yeah. pretty much she's fantastic yeah. very nice going for walks all throughout the day even in the rain gets me out and about she's hilarious yeah I mean you know what it's like you've got cats you guys they're a joy <laughs> I don't think that's quite as good value as dogs I don't think then I mean they're not as much effort as well so it goes hand yeah. in hand with like you know they're pretty low maintenance and they're pretty low vibe as well mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if getting like an infertility kind of snake would 
have the same effect. I think I do think there is something about having like something that you can have as a weight in your arms, Mm. like a a weight on your lap and a weight in your arms that you can like cuddle. Mm, Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it's you know, it's not a replacement baby, but it gives you some of what you kind of crave. Yeah, and it's so instinctive, isn't it? You know that kind of holding and rocking like often I find myself um when I'm carrying her I'm just like all chatting to someone and I'm gently rocking and bouncing her and then I'm like catch Mm. myself and I'm like oh but as well especially when they're puppies like because it you know it's a it's a baby dog it's a little you know so you kind of you nurture it in the way that you wouldn't like I wasn't nurturing my cats they were already kind of grown up when I got them yeah they don't they don't want me to nurture them at all but I suppose the fact that it's a it's a very young dog it does it increases that kind of maternal instinct yeah oh yeah 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 it really does dial up and hence why she's getting molly coddled you know yeah. i'm really trying not to be too too cringe about it but i, <laughs> I know oh, i'm molly coddling who's watching but also seeing you know my partner uh, really coo over her and just be so yeah. adorable i mean he is obsessed with her by his own admission he's like i i love her more than you yeah. <laughs> she's, she's oh lead. my god would you choose midge over you <laughs> yeah 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 and i can see where he's coming from to be completely <laughs> um but you know it's like it's it's so great like having this little three and like but i see how much how great he is with her and i'm like Oh, but you oh, know that's hard as well. Again, yeah. like, oh. basically, I would say getting uh, a pet that requires lots of interaction. Maybe any kind of pet. Maybe tarantulas would do it as well. But I would say, kind of eighty to ninety percent amazing and absolutely mm, love yeah. it. Ten to twenty percent. Oh, that just reminds yeah. me. But you know, everything's gonna remind you at some point or another, isn't it? Yeah. So it might as well be something. Yeah fluffy and hilarious oh absolutely like tries to fucking destroy your trainers do you um (sighs) when people like show you videos and pictures of their babies do you like show them videos and pictures of me (laughs) (laughs) i've got a baby too (laughs) you just just go full out like yeah i'm not i'm not referring to her as my fur baby yet Uh, yeah i i actually refuse to refer to nora as a fur baby but then i feel like maybe i should have just gone full in and just been like here's my baby and then, like, looked at people and be like, I dare you to judge me for saying that. <laughs> try and tell me it's not. Just yeah. try. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing says <laughs> cute pet owner like um, challenging stare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my baby. <laughs> What's, um, is there, uh, has anything been going on in, in the fertility world for you? Um, no, not really, uh, other than that we've got a consultation coming up. Hurrah! At the the clinic? Yes, at the clinic. Uh, Which clinic? Good old Kings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, who we like. Um, so I'm hoping that that will be the kind of, basically our clinical commissioning group, you have to have three years of unexplained infertility um, before they refer you for IVF. We are coming up to two and a half this summer. So the last time I spoke to the consultant in November, he said, um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that if you get in touch around this time, we might be able to kind of fast track it somehow. I hope I haven't got anyone in shit for that. I guess I haven't given his name away. Um, (laughs) But who knows, we might, it might just be a check-in where, they say, oh, I'll keep trying. 
yeah maybe, everyone that's but... listening to this is willing is willing yeah. you to propel forward yeah, yeah to yeah. and to really push as well because it's, it's ridiculous yeah it's absolutely ridiculous it's and we should all be pushing time. yeah, yeah mm. exactly it's it's unfair and it's frankly age discrimination and they're dicks that's what i think of your dicks. ccg so how far away is that is that um well uh it is in um a couple of weeks time i'm not going to lead with by the way your ticks (laughs) i hope i'm not letting down the side no 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 No, but it's not your it's not the clinic that's dicks no i know i know it's just the system it's the regulations it is the system no the clinic is is, they're really nice the clinic's doing what it can to help they're Mm, nice they're good good guys it's the ccg um well, that's exciting. Are you looking forward to that? I uh, um, am and I'm not, you know, mm. because I think mm. I've had quite a few of these where I've expected something to happen and then it refers mm. us to the next step. And actually what tends mm. to happen is they just say, hmm, okay, everything looks good. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Um uh, so I don't know. I don't want to kind of get my hopes up too much. When is it? Uh, in early, early June. Early June. What we did do is go on a little mini break to Dorset, uh, which oh. I highly recommend. Yeah, feeling. <gasps> Where did you go? We went to the Isle of Portland. Oh, yeah. Where Emma, I believe you've also been. I have been there. Oh, I saw a seal. How did you? Yes. That's nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously we were super lucky to be able to do that and uh, to find somewhere um, and to see yeah. a pirate graveyard. And oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And go on some good walks and stuff. But also, it's just kind of, I don't know, stuff stuff like that is so good for just remembering why you really like each other and want to be together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, just kind of forgetting about all the pressures of infertility for a little mm. bit just having fun mm. yeah yeah so what did midge think midge loved it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. did you <laughs> go to the weird like quarry with sculptures in it no mm. i wish i had yeah i can't really remember much about it it was a very long time ago that i went i just remember that but the pirate the pirate graveyard did it for me i mean that was I mean, yeah, yeah that's really exciting that. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. wicked man well um well, we'll be all looking forward to your your adventures into kings. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and in the meantime, go and get pregnant, and so you don't need to. <laughs> what are you doing talking to us? You should be shagging. <laughs> yeah, Midge isn't that keen on the on the shagging. Actually, <laughs> I like the shagging. <laughs> we haven't quite figured out the right. Oh my way god! Around it. We're like, okay, oh. <laughs> there's no there's no good solution the noise is very oh. very disturbing for her oh and then she calls after this kind of comes in and she's like what has been going on in here <laughs> what have you two other pack members been doing it, oh, something was no. not right <laughs> someone was being attacked and i tried to protect you but you wouldn't let me in and i don't know what's been going on guys but you know <laughs> guilty and happy <laughs> Hopefully we didn't mention this earlier. This is the best bit. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I mean, I've asked this question a lot of times, but this is the first time it will be literal. Can you just tell us about your journey? <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I, I'm a professional adventurer, if you like. Wow. Um, and uh, for the North Face here in the UK, based in London. Mm-hmm. Um, do a lot of kind of ultra running, long distances, mountaineering expeditions. Uh, but the last thing I just got back from um, just before lockdown actually was um, an expedition to Antarctica. Oh, and my God. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> cool, but then... The plan there, the dream, was to break the women's speed record, um, to travel solo, unsupported, unassisted, um, from the coastline of Antarctica to the South Pole, and that's about mm-hmm. 700 miles Wow. Uh, woman's record is 38 days um and just to help with like picturing it it's imagine you've got a sled behind you and there's everything in that sled you could possibly need so there's no external help so all my, my yeah. tent uh food for 40 days um absolutely everything stove uh to melt ice to make water um and yeah wow. skiing for about 16 hours a day oh my god on repeat <laughs> um and i actually did it twice uh, because oh I failed, I failed the first time. So I went in November 2018, um, and about halfway through, it was also like the worst weather in 50 years, of course. Um, but I got a bowel infection, um, and oh was medevaced pretty urgently from um, Antarctica to back to London, um, and came home. I was absolutely gutted. There's a lot of press tension around, like. London lawyer fails uh, to achieve world record. Oh, I was no. like, ah. Yeah, I opened up paper, that newspaper in hospital and I was just like, ah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which newspaper was it? Just name and shame. It was the Metro. Oh, <laughs> Metro. And probably the Daily Mail as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I knew I was going back 
but I also had, I was working as a, a lawyer at the time. I'd also promised work that that was the last major expedition I would ever do. And then after that, I'd be a more normal employee. Um, <laughs> and then I'd also promised my husband that um, when I, as soon as I get back, we'll definitely start trying. Um, and it's so incredibly naive. But to me back then, it was like, oh, you just, you just have the sex once and then I'll be pregnant. And then jump ahead nine months and then I could do that race then and this expedition then and that's how it works mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah so doing it again meant delaying trying to conceive for another year um because the okay. season in Antarctica is from November to January um so I went back that same year mm-hmm. um I made it to the pole this time and I was on pace to beat the record um by a full two days um, up till about, I think it was 80 or 90 miles from the end. Oh, annoying. Yeah, uh, but that's fine. Like, everything was just going so well. And yeah. then all of a sudden I got this condition on my leg uh, called polar thigh. Okay, oh, wow. quite specific. Um, yeah, except you get it anywhere. I've got it on my arm as well, so I don't, I don't really know why it's called polar thigh. And um, I won't bore you with the ins and outs of that condition, but basically it's um, it's like a severe chillblain you get in the cold. Mm. Women are more prone to getting it than men. And you start off with these little ulcers that open up, uh, completely oh. raw wounds. And I was covering what I could, and then one day I had a really benign uh, fall in a complete whiteout, so you can't see anything in a whiteout storm. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing split into one huge wound, Oh, my um, God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually, if people don't mind seeing gross pictures of my raw leg, it looks like the inside of a pomegranate. Um, there's some on my Instagram that uh, people do love to have a look at. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I didn't mind because I made the poll. And if you can understand, like yeah. what we put on hold, yeah, not just me. It's like I don't care. I'm getting to the poll. Um, they tried to medivac me. I refused because um, I otherwise felt fine. Um, apart from so, the massive wound on your leg. Yeah, apart from the, apart from the massive wound. But that, that's <laughs> when it fell apart for the last 80, 90 miles because I was dragging my leg oh, behind God. me. Oh, mate. Yeah, and I ran out of painkillers. Um, I had some really strong ones that were saved in case I fell into like crevasse, which is like, huge holes in the ice. Um, oh, that's like was... literally my worst nightmare. Um, <laughs> I, I have nightmares about that kind of thing. <laughs> about falling into a crevasse <laughs> yeah yeah I do what I mean what drives you to do this kind of stuff it's it's um, uh, you know it's quite unique yeah. it's such a good question I, I don't really know um I don't really know I've asked my parents and they're like we don't know either sorry <laughs> um, are your parents uh, like this a little bit um okay. we grew up when I was little we lived in Borneo um so I kind of grew up running around a rainforest and getting up to all sorts wow. same with my brothers um I think I've just never really been held back um, from kind of doing what I wanted to do. Uh, maybe someone should have done. By intense danger. <laughs> so, so it's a boundary issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when are my parents going to tell me to stop doing this? Um, yeah, I, uh, such a rubbish answer, but I don't really know why I'm like this. I just I love seeing what I can do. And I think doing a major solo expedition like that was to see, like everything I'd done before had been in a team, like going up a mountain, you're in a team, um, a race, you're around other people. And I wanted to be like, if I had to do something completely alone, uh, do I have the skill set and would I be able to pull it off? Because mm-hmm. you're in charge of like navigation to get to the South Pole. Navigation's you know fairly hard out there. It's just a big white expanse. <laughs> you're um, not like left at this rock. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, so it was a huge undertaking, and it takes years to train for it, years to find the funding. It's not cheap to go to Antarctica at all. Mm, God, um, I think so. Yeah, so uh, I love that I've done it. Um, I've had a lot of people ask would I do it again because, like, oh, you only just missed the record. And the really nice thing for me is, um, uh, no, <laughs> 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 um, but I really, I was, I'm so competitive with myself that I, when I got back from the first failure, I was very much like, all that matters to me is getting the world record. If I come home and I've missed it by like a day, I will not be happy, and I'm coming back to do it again. Blah 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 blah. blah. And I remember my husband saying to me at the time, you should maybe like, you know, try to be comfortable with just reaching the pole. It's a massive achievement. It's like 10th woman in the world to ever have done it or something. Oh, um, no. But it's really nice that I don't feel like that. I don't feel the need to go back. I'm not sad I didn't get the record. Um, and I guess that's mainly because of what happened to my leg. Um, and until then, mm-hmm. I was doing doing really well. Okay. Um, just, just before we start talking about TTC, and like, how do you get into it? Like, how do you you know like in the film up which is also ttc related and really sad um they're they're like i want to be an explorer (laughs) but like how do you how do you just get into Um, what's your career path (laughs) here's the career path to be a professional explorer yeah um i worked as a lawyer that was like the proper job Mm -hmm. and i started doing like fun races on the side um, kind of like half marathons, marathons, and then I got a um, uh, a benign tumor on my ovary. Oh okay. gosh! Um, and it was pretty big. Uh, it was about the size of a grapefruit after three months of treatment to shrink it. Um, so it was huge, wow. and I was in hospital for a long time. Um, couldn't do anything fun for a while, and then while I was in hospital on morphine. Um, I don't remember any of this, but my dad does. I used his Mac, his uh, iPad rather, to sign up for the Marathon de Sab, which is um, kind of a well-known race in the in the running world. It's like a seven-day race across the Sahara yeah. Desert. Yeah. I think it was just like a screw this moment. Um, I'm going to be fine when I get out of here and I need something pretty nuts to do. Um, and that, that was it. I did really well in that race, sort of accidentally. Um, I loved it. I like being warm. I actually hate the cold. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so why did you it doesn't sound minus- like you like being warm it sounds to me like you really like being very very cold <laughs> um, but yeah after that I just started running through I did a lot of races in big deserts in Iran across China everywhere I liked like being warm and um, I was doing well and a clothing sponsor approached me it was like you ever thought about going professional and I was like yeah that's fun um so quit um the job as a lawyer moved to the states um to train in more heat (laughs) um and for two years had a blast but you know the salary is nothing um but i didn't really care and um yeah came back to the uk after two years and actually i I didn't enjoy just being a full-time athlete Um, okay yeah i felt super lazy um that's interesting yeah because there'd be days in the training calendar would be like oh today you just like run for an hour and that's it and then other friends and people who have normal jobs be like oh I did this all day and what did you do and you're like oh well I just I had this hour run and then I watched Netflix all day so I actually I, I didn't I didn't like it and it led to me overtraining because I would do more than what my coaches told me to do because it made me feel mm-hmm. better um and yeah I was in a much happier space when I had a, a really busy job 
that meant I couldn't I could only train in the morning or the night time after work and not do too much yeah but the how you get I mean how you get into this it's kind of accidental um and a bit of a a wake-up moment with kind of health things um and being like I don't understand why I'm working in the city as a lawyer till 10 11 p.m um when there's a lot more to do yeah I think the answer is probably do well at races (laughs) yeah I I, I wasn't yeah I wasn't anything particularly um incredible um, I also every year put together like a team of women from different countries to run a big race together. So that gets a lot mm-hmm. of attention. Um, okay. So you, you don't just need to be an amazing runner because I'm definitely mm. not. <laughs> Wowzers. And so you um, decided to start trying for a baby after you'd yeah. completed one of these adventures, we calling them? Because we can't get too many journeys mixed up. We'll, we'll forget which journey we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. The, um, yeah, so <laughs> the got physical back, journey. <laughs> got back from Antarctica um, January 2020. Mm. Um, and then it was like, right. Um, and it sounds so comical now to say this. It's actually a bit embarrassing. But I was, like, to me, the, the, the journey was I'll have the coil removed. And then yeah. the sperm on me egg. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be it. Yeah. Um, and I've scheduled this and I've put this in and then yeah. we'll do that <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, a little bit of residual anger now at what I was kind of taught at school or brought up around like the education for me could be summarized as like roll condom on banana at school yeah and then never ever touch a boy um because you will get pregnant and it'll ruin your life because you're so young um and like I look back now I, I genuinely I really don't think I even knew about the ovulation window I didn't know that you could only get pregnant no. around then I just thought it was whenever yeah, no boy. one does know about it. No one knows. <laughs> but isn't that nuts? Once you've been kind of through the ringer with this, you just can't, mm-hmm. I can't believe what I didn't know mm-hmm. um, as a grown woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew nothing about people's fertility struggles. I knew nothing about different ways of becoming a parent. I probably didn't really know what IVF involved. Mm. Um, and I think, like, now speaking to a lot of friends about it, I think everyone kind of starts off the same way. It'll just happen. And then it doesn't um, for a lot of us. And so you start Googling, researching, you find out what others do. Like, oh, my God, everyone's peeing on sticks. Like, ovulation tests, I should do that. Uh, supplements, diet, um, when's time sex when you're ovulating. All these, like, super fun things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and actually, part of that process, that's when I came across Big Fat Negative um, in oh, the first hello. lockdown. <laughs> and I, um, I train indoors a lot in lockdown on a bike. So you can easily listen to, to podcasts. And I'd be on the bike and I'd be in absolute tears. Like I binge listen to the whole thing. <laughs> and like every session, my husband walked past and be like, are you crying because of that podcast? Again? <laughs> <laughs> so be like, you don't understand. Gabby's recording a two-week wait after every transfer. It is so emotional. <laughs> um, yeah. And the foxes and like Professor Tim and like, I didn't know anything. I'd never heard of like PGD and PGS IVF or yeah. I didn't know that women... I don't think I knew that women like did egg freezing cycles um, mm. kind of like a backup policy. And then one of my favorites was Sophie. I love listening to Sophie's um, episode and she's so open now still online about, you know, her platform on social media about trying to conceive. Mm. Um, didn't know about surrogacy. I don't think. Um, no. Didn't know about it's how. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's yeah, actually really fascinating. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, the fertility treatment at work, I didn't know 
And that once you know all these things, you're like, wait, but statistically, I must know so many people who are going through this. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And then uh, also thanks for listening to BFM is why I'm now, well, I'll be donating eggs um, through the Lister Clinic in London. Um, I mean, that is amazing. And can we just talk about that for a second? Because I think... I think it takes a very certain type of person to donate eggs. And I think I will, I can say quite happily that I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Um, but so what has made you make that decision? So I was listening to the episode on Big Back Negative, not knowing that it was a thing. And then understanding that by the time a woman has accepted um, that the, that she has to go down the route of using um, an egg donor. Mm-hmm. What I found is that most women had been through absolute hell. Yeah. <laughs> like so many rounds of IVF, um, so much pain. And then then going through the counselling to kind of get on board with the idea that you know, genetically um, it's not their egg that'll be used. And I just thought it sounded absolute hellish. Um, mm-hmm. And my own egg reserve results were, were really good. And so, um, yeah, I said, this is what I want to do. And my husband just understood immediately um and we had the counseling together Mm. Um, and then the other thing i didn't know until i did more research is that once you've got once you've gone through all the eight nine ten rounds of ivf whatever it might be and you then say okay i'm ready to to go through down the route of egg donors it's not a case that they're just there (laughs) and you can start pretty soon there's a huge waiting list in the uk yeah and then i just thought gosh you'd be telling everyone this woman to like just keep holding on keep holding on you know something will happen you'll get there maybe you'll get a positive they're not and then you've gone through this really difficult decision making process to use um someone else's eggs and then you have to go home and wait again for and they can't tell you how long for um as i understand it you Mm -hmm. get a letter and that has a number and a key basically um and then you just get a call um and i think you have 48 hours to say yay or nay to the profile of the egg donor um, and that's it. And I was like, that, that is, how do you survive that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know, I think I understand you can go abroad and it's maybe a bit of an easier process, but there's not as much testing done. So, um, yeah, it means a lot to me. And and then now my wow. husband um, will be donating sperm as well. So we kind of oh. got into it in a big way. <laughs> and just, just so that we're not inundated by people who want the Polar Explorer's eggs. Um <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of do I do as well <laughs> you you already have someone that you'd be matched with right um so the process had to be halted because of lockdown so I as mm. I understand it no I don't think we will be okay um, it'll start so up again in up October hey, yeah hey it was a funny conversation with the nurse at the clinic because she's like we need to put down your profession do I put down polar explorer and I was like I think not because yeah. if you Google female polar explorer in London, I think you might be able to figure out who I am. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah, it's like you, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't have a problem with people knowing, but it's against the rules, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so just kind of one thing that I find really interesting is obviously you're really into endurance. And one thing that the journey requires is like fucking great endurance skills. (laughs) Did you find that there were some techniques that you'd learnt in your, I was going to say day job, but not really day job, but, you know, in your experiences that you could apply to TTC? Did it make it in any way easier? Uh, Yeah, I've got nothing to compare it to, I guess. But 
it's very much a lot of the events I've done is not necessarily a finish line. So in Antarctica, I had no idea when I was going to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got no idea if you're going to reach the summit or when in a mountain. Um, and it, I'd only been in the like TTC world for a short amount of time. And I already was like, this could be a really long and difficult ride. Mm-hmm. And I've got no idea when it's going to come to an end. Um, but all I do know is that being in this zone, in this phase of trying to conceive is not yeah. making me happy. <laughs> um, it's actually making me really sad. Um, mm. And I wanted to do everything I possibly could to shorten how long I'd be there for. Um, like the period coming every month was just soul destroying. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the you know, from what I've done in expeditions, um, some of the main takeaways, I guess, for me, um, in an expedition, you just control the controllables. And that's pretty right. much how I live my life. I, I like to control what I can. And the rest, I just don't even give a second thought because that's total waste of energy. I like um, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, it really does apply, doesn't it? Yeah, massively. Journey. So it's the other journey, yeah. <laughs> so like a five-day storm in Antarctica when there's no horizon, um, it's like being inside a marshmallow. It's the only way I could describe it. And because there's oh. no <laughs> – it's honestly awful. Because there's no horizon, you get pretty bad nausea um, really? because the eye's got nothing to look at or to focus on. And so I'd vomit into my mask and that would freeze instantly. And then you got to pick it off. Um, (laughs) The polar thigh injury I told you about, that was awful. But I didn't have control over those things. And that actually gives me comfort. I can't do anything about the weather. Mm -hmm. Um, What I can control is like (laughs) flicking off the frozen vomit, maybe. But (laughs) but, um, yeah, there's a lot of things I can. Carrot. Carrot, God, I'd love to have had vegetables in Antarctica. Um, but yeah, this is, it gives me comfort knowing that I, I've got no control over a lot of things, but I have a lot of control um, over some things. And it's nothing I did or didn't do that led to polythi um, or hor- you know, things going wrong. Um, yeah. But in the, in the endurance world for me, um, the kind of things I can control and do would be like training for the expedition. Like I will never miss a training session. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to know when I get to the start line or whatever it is I'm doing that everything in my power for this to go well has been done mm-hmm. uh, and then the rest I'll just what will be will be and I think when trying to conceive I definitely applied that same mentality it's just the way I am um, and for me that was find out what's worth doing in my opinion mm-hmm. um, what's not worth doing but also that balance between keeping my sanity maximizing my chances um, and for me uh, I need facts. <laughs> I need hard data, um, yeah. science and data. Um, sound a bit like Professor Witty when I say that, but yeah, I'm I'm science <laughs> science led. I'm being um, by the science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I guess it was like throw everything at it, but keep that balance. So I'm in this period for a short amount of time as possible um, in your ideal yeah. world. Like yeah. what? what could impact our chances what was likely a waste of time so like legs in the air afterwards like do I really need to go plastic and BPA free like how much Mm -hmm. of a benefit does that bring versus what a pain in the ass it is to buy a whole bunch of new pans Um, (laughs) uh, like is fertility friendly lubricant is that worthwhile is like taking a supplement is that worthwhile and then just analyzing together a plan Mm -hmm. Um, and I was I was never going to be the girl who'd just be like, oh, you know, just going to relax for a year. Because um, I know the mm. numbers that the NHS have released, like, you know, how many people out of 101 year will get pregnant. Just wait for a year. And I was like, mm, no. 
Um, I think what I mostly learned is, um, especially when comparing to friends going through the same thing, they would mm-hmm. happily wait six months or 12 months. And I think I realized oh, I had no idea how patient I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, like realizing this is an unhappy time and I want it to be over with as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, so after only two months, um, which I know is nothing, um, my, my husband's a doctor as well. So that kind of helped right. um, with kind of figuring out what to do next. But um, we went for testing. Um, okay. I think for me, I wanted to know, you know, what if you, there's something very easily identifiable as being wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, say like, turns out I've got blocked tubes. Um, I couldn't understand the logic of waiting for a year yeah, uh, and then finding that out. I'd be so mad at myself for wasting that time and yeah. staying in that zone for that long um, of upset and pain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then I think as well from the racing adventure world, you get a lot of resilience. Um, and maybe for me, how I approach challenges up the mountain, I carry over into day-to-day life. Um, but actually what I think, I mean, there's many ways to get resilience. You don't need to go um, to Antarctica. <laughs> but um, I actually think now just going through the mill with trying to conceive gives you that resilience anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Does, yeah. But I need plans of action in place. So, um, you know. You're somebody event, who likes to keep moving forward. Yeah, i got, got to keep going. Um, so, like, if there's a crazy storm that's coming in, um, the plan of action might be, you know, I'll stop here and camp early. That's to stay safe so I can keep going the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, I was thinking this through, and there's a big element of self-care. Um, you have to come first in all of this. And that's yeah. just like you do if I'm halfway up Everest and I lose a glove. Um, I'm not going to be bothered, honestly, about other people around me. <laughs> yeah. of what's wrong with them what I can help them if I can't get my glove on um so for me if that means like staying clear of pregnant friends then I do um yeah. because mm. it's made me horribly sad um if I need to spend more time you know being outdoors um then I'll do that um and then confidence I get a lot of confidence from doing these expeditions and I think that's helped uh I've learned um I've really learned that you have to be your own advocate in all of this it's so important yeah and I think um we now work with a lot of GPs and even they've kind of said we can't know everything um so they don't feel gone at when you kind of come to them with all this information and and demands if you like um in some ways it makes life a bit easier for them um yeah so yeah I think that's kind of what I've learned along the way wow and at what point um along the way did you start Ovum talk to us about that yeah, Ovum is my baby. <laughs> Wait, um, yeah, you, you skipped the most important question there. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I wrote that. I was so proud of myself. What's what? the question? Are you ready for this, Jenny? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> she skipped it because she thinks it's silly, and I can, t- I can tell that. No, it's not. <laughs> no such thing as um, a question. <laughs> <laughs> What's harder, the marathon de sable or mm. seeing a negative pregnancy test? Oh, definitely a negative pregnancy test. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. I would run the marathon sub several times over. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was amazed how much a negative pregnancy test affected me. Um, yeah. And I actually realised very quickly I'd rather just wait for my period to come. I found that less upsetting mm-hmm. than testing her yeah. with a stick and then it, like, yeah. telling me right to my face, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you failed. Yeah, Gabby's definitely not. that person, aren't you? Yeah. 
I'd be like, I'd start getting my period and I'd be like, there's the implantation bleeding. Oh, <laughs> just God. like complete yeah. denial. Yeah. yeah. And just Googling just all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. Um, and then actually what I realized I was doing is whatever I find on Google, I'd keep going until I find something that fitted the narrative I wanted oh, to yeah. hear. That is that's ah. what happens, man. And you'll find it. You'll always find it. Yeah. Some blog on mum's net will be like, yes, that happened to me. And you're like, aha. <laughs> Evidence, yeah. science, <laughs> science, <laughs> facts. <laughs> yeah. oh. Hashtag um. led by science. Hashtag <laughs> led by science. Okay, I'll. Uh, I won't. <laughs> Should I repeat the question? <laughs> I'm sorry for that, but it was very no, important to okay. me. I think yeah. it's. I think it's good, and I, I apologise for dismissing it. Um, <laughs> talk to us about ovum. Yeah, so um, Ovum's a, a brand new startup. Um, it's a preconception and ovulation support supplement and um, came about because I had no intention of turning this into a business, but I started researching specifically egg health and reserve as part of like the whole control the controllables things. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a bit obsessed by it. Um, and when I came back from Antarctica, I, I think I mentioned those proper job as like, being a lawyer. And I quit my job um, to start my MBA. Okay. So I always thought one day I would have, I'd uh, like to, to run a business, to start a business, no idea in what. And then the MBA was cancelled because of COVID. Mm. <laughs> but um, I think because I had all this time, and also I should add, like I've got a lot of friends who are doctors in the fertility space. So that was incredibly handy to have to hand. Um, that is handy. Can I have your friends? Yeah, yeah, of course. They can, they can be your friends too. <laughs> <laughs> They're lovely. Um, and I worked with them. Just this was just for me. A lot of like, look, I've done my own research, but you know, I'm not um, a research scientist. I'm obviously not a doctor. Don't know anything about fertility, but I've got so many questions. I just want to know what I could usefully be taking to improve egg health because um, it wasn't easy to figure out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's then, so hard because some of the science is robust, some isn't, and it's hard to uh, tell what I it know. is. Some of it is very weak, and then a lot of what I felt was being yeah. advertised to me was like just chucking a link to some study. Yeah, um, and I think you can be like, oh, well, that must be great then, but it, there's different qualities within studies themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is what we learned. Weight, so it's it was really hard, and it was it was annoying me. I just wanted to know. Someone yeah. just tell me who knows, and that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, what I realized, there was just no reason for there not to be something available that was entirely science and data-led. And what aggravated me the most is that none of my doctor friends were surprised that anything on the market didn't really go down that route. It's all just mm. marketing, da da da. Um, and you can always get better studies, better results. Um, you're just operating on the best possible set of facts at that time. But um, I got really angry. And I don't often get angry. Um, but there was things, the outcome of those discussions, there's things that had very strong evidence to suggest things that would help. And even more importantly, that wouldn't do any harm. Okay. But unless you're willing to do a huge amount of your own research, you wouldn't have access to that information. Um, mm. And it kind of annoyed me that you even had to do that much legwork to find out. Um, and I felt like I was being taken advantage of um, at a time when I'm at my most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I felt protective of myself, my journey, <laughs> my money, uh, my time, yeah. and actually just everything around the whole 
trying to conceive community that I felt I was a part of now, like thanks to, you know, the podcast, hearing all these different stories. It was like, you know, come on, like I, I just didn't like what I saw. Um, and every day on our Boris permitted hour of exercise, I basically mm-hmm. rant at my husband about all of this. Um, couldn't shut up about egg health and how I felt a bit screwed over, really. And that the benefits yeah. of kind of prenatals today aren't what they could or should be. And then the other thing that really annoyed me was like every tub of <laughs> supplement ever has got a picture of a woman cradling a swollen belly. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I was it. like, why does that have to be there? <laughs> Um, and I, I don't really know what the, the kind of trigger was to it becoming something more serious. I think it was like, I was going to do the MBA, now I'm not. Um, and then I, I decided uh, to put a bit of money behind it and formally hired, uh, not my friends, but <laughs> a completely independent medical panel, um, doctors from a whole variety of backgrounds. So like private IVF clinics in the UK, um, mm-hmm. we work in NHS fertility centres, um, fertility research scientists, and they together with minimal input for me because I'm just a lawyer and put together our final formula on egg health Um, and then after that I wanted another layer on top of that so that itself was reviewed and critiqued and analyzed again by another independent panel um, and that was mixed with more people from the UK and um, IVF clinics in the US and then um, launched this February Um, so yeah Oven was born out of uh, my own need but also yeah. mostly anger. <laughs> that's, that's brave. That's most of the best businesses are. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think I think if you're any business in the space, um, you should actually operate to a higher standard of ethics and morality because uh, it's incredibly painful and all-consuming to be going through this. And mm. it's not something you get relief from, you don't get days off from. No. It's on your mind all the time. And it's exhausting. Um, you're so vulnerable as well when you're going oh my through God, it. Like you if, are. if somebody says this supplement is going to get you pregnant, you you're like, it. I'll take it. You buy it. But yeah. you're not saying that, right? No. Um, and I think yeah. if anyone does tell you that, um, I'd report them to the advertising standards <laughs> agency. Yeah. It's also illegal. Um, yeah. But I mean, I know it's frustrating like to say I'd encourage everyone to do their own research because it's annoying yeah. that you even have to. But definitely spend the time finding a brand that you feel you can you can trust. Um, because yeah. like you say, right now, you'd buy or try anything. And I felt like the market knows that. If people are doing their own research and looking into yeah. this stuff, what, what are the kind of red flags to suggest some science is not quite as uh, rigorous as you would hope? So very individual studies um, okay. with, without using kind of real patients. So animal tests or test tube studies, there's mm-hmm. really not much evidence in them at all. Um, okay. And that's kind of what gets me a bit angry because these papers are not easy reading. No. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to bed with like, I'm going to read this tonight. They're really hard. Um, and sure, my like lawyer brain helped, um, but also having friends initially um, to explain things to me helped. But it's not easy. We're always getting better studies coming through. Um, yeah. So the formula for us is reviewed annually by the medical panel. Um, mm-hmm. And we donate 40% of our profits to uh, fertility awareness campaigns in the UK. Um, so we'll be funding um, an IVF postcode lottery one. Right. Uh, personally, a real bugbear of mine. Yeah. Um, I have a friend at the moment who needs IVF. She lives six miles from me. Um, where I live, I get three rounds, which is incredibly generous. Yeah. And where she lives, she gets none because her partner um, has a child from a previous relationship. 
awful. Gosses. Where's yeah. he there? Yeah, like, Everyone's yeah. going to move there? <laughs> yeah. Is it Camden? I, I, yeah, it is Camden, yeah. yeah. The only place I, in London that offers it. Yeah, um, I mean, just learning about how CCGs operate and what's available to people in different areas has been absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's um, nuts. It's nuts when you think about it. It really, um, really is. It really is. When um, I was doing um, IVF, I lived maybe four or five miles away from Camden and my GP just suggested I move there. Yeah. I mean, that was before we knew about John's stuff. But yeah. I should say this, but I told my friend, like, look, I'll write a lease agreement and just say you're renting a room and I'll flat. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I <laughs> would imagine that's not the first time that's happened. No, but why like, shouldn't you? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'll take this bit out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in case. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true, um, though. It's awful. Yeah. Mm. It's really bad. Well, when you've got skin in the game, you know, it's, um, I think it, it gives it a whole new level of, of importance to you isn't it and it's whether i don't know if i'm allowed to feel like this but i feel so protective of everyone who's in the trying to conceive community mm. yeah because it's bloody horrible and i yeah. don't like anyone being taken advantage of anyway anytime um, i'm the same and it's just really annoying <laughs> um yeah, yeah. it is really annoying horrible. that's a good summary <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well i mean jenny it's been such an such a joy to speak to you. Indeed. I do think you're mental. Yeah, but it's not the first time I've heard that. Don't worry. What's the ne- What's the next thing you're you're going to go to? Do you think? Um. So, um, there's something called the um Adventure Racing World Championships. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there has never it's a team of four, and you have no idea. Um, it's a bit like trying to conceive. You don't know when the finish line is. <laughs> and there's all sorts of sports thrown in there. Um, so kayaking, running, obviously everything you can think of. You don't actually know beforehand. And um, you're in a team of four and you have to navigate. And um, yeah, for the first time ever, there'll be a team, an all-female team of four women um, wow, taking part. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So that'll be um, end of this year. That keeps Dates keep moving because of COVID, but that's the kind of the next thing. Oh, wow. Well, we'll be looking out for you. <laughs> yeah, very good luck. Also, Thanks, I'd like to say at this point that I'm starting Couch to 5K tomorrow. So <laughs> that's, that's a really good app. Uh, I'll be oh, looking out for you too, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for IVF. What the What the Yeah. He's talking thin linings and I'm just so, 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 so excited. Thin linings. Recap, Emma, your own lining experience, if you will. I'm not going to go into graphic detail because it's so boring. But Mm -hmm. um, if anybody who listened to series one of the podcast will remember that I had not one, not two, but three attempts at embryo transfer that went wrong. And it was all because of my shitty lining um, and not ovulating also. But also Mm. when I didn't ovulate, I had a shitty lining. Mm. Um, One of the linings was described as grainy. I still don't to this day know what that means. But um, so I was like begging everybody who would speak to me to tell me how to get a thick lining. Um, The acupuncturist said only eat red food, which I actually took very literally and felt quite unwell. (laughs) (laughs) What was high up on the red food list? I ate a lot of beef. Okay. Beetroot? Yeah. Red peppers, tomatoes. 
Okay. Um, pretty much lived off that. Drank pomegranate. Of course. Um, and yeah, got a dicky tummy from that. So I would say maybe just... Just a varied eat. diet, guys, is the is the best diet for yeah. any sort of health reasons. Yeah. Um, but also my lining was shit that month. You know, so. pomegranate juice and beetroot and stuff is also good. So maybe just have a little bit extra like of that. Possibly pomegranate juice has actually quite a lot of sugar in it, and it's not like mm. beer. But um, I'm not going to drink beetroot juice because I don't hate myself. Mm. It's all right in a juice with other things. Yeah, but there's still that like tang of pond, isn't there? Yeah, but I just like, like pond the tang watery. Of pond. I like, do you know what I like? I like an apple, ginger, and beetroot juice. Oh, that sounds nice. That's my jam. Mm, that does sound nice. Yeah. Um, although anyway. probably would be nicer if it was just apple and ginger. <laughs> no, you need something to bring the sweetness down. Yeah, Gotta bring maybe. it down, guys. Bring it down. Um, Right, well, I suppose, yeah, it's probably not good to just have red red foods. No, don't um, just eat red foods. Um, there are, I think there is some evidence to suggest that acupuncture can help. Although, I mean, I think probably getting your drugs protocol right probably helps more. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I think with me, I think it was, there was like one part of my drugs protocol that my body just wasn't agreeing with. Mm. so it's definitely worth working with your doctor yes absolutely yeah i um, had no lining stories i don't think it was ever an issue you're already bl- bloody perfect aren't you fucking lining central over here yeah anyway shall we see what professor tim says please it's one of the really tricky areas within reproductive medicine is what to do when you see that your patient has a thin endometrial lining. So the endometrial lining, which is obviously the lining within the uterus, within the cavity, thickens because of estrogen. So during a normal menstrual cycle, the estrogen that comes from the developing follicle in your ovary uh, goes to the endometrium and it thickens the lining. After ovulation, the follicle in the ovary, now called a corpus luteum, continues to produce estrogen, but also produces progesterone. And it's the combination of the estrogen and progesterone after ovulation, which changes the endometrium to be ready for implantation. And that's why in a fresh or medicated frozen IVF cycle, that's why progesterone pessaries or injections are added in uh, once the lining is thick enough. So the question is, first of all, how thick does a lining need to be? Secondly, if it's thin, what do you do about it? And unfortunately, as usual, studies are a bit conflicting in this area. So first of all, how thick does the lining need to be? There was a very useful study from Canada where they looked back at tens of thousands of fresh and frozen cycles to see um, what the effect was of the endometrial thickness on live birth rate. And it was pretty reassuring, in fact. So certainly for frozen cycles, um, as long as the endometrium was 7.0 millimetres or more uh, thick, then it really didn't need to be any thicker than that. So really, if you can get up to seven millimetres or more, then that's pretty reassuring. And certainly in my clinic now, that's what we're happy with. And even if the endometrium is thicker, sorry, is thinner than 7.0 millimetres, there were still reasonable success rates even with 6.0 millimetres uh, or more. In a fresh cycle, again, the findings were pretty similar. It's important to be aware that in a fresh IVF cycle, 
with lots of follicles there, there's usually very high hormone levels. And so the endometrium is really being hit hard by lots of estrogen. And the thickness of the lining is probably all you're going to get. And it may be difficult to give more estrogen to get a thicker lining um, if it's already fairly thin in a fresh IVF cycle. But certainly if it's 7.0 or more in a fresh or frozen, then I'd be pretty happy um, with that. Now, the question is, what do you do if it's thin? So if it's less than 7.0 millimetres, what should you do about it? Well, I think it's, also, it's always useful to be able to look back at how thick it was in a natural cycle. So some women will just tend to have a thinner lining anyway, and that may be just how they are. But if it is thin, one of the things that's important to look at is on the scan, is the endometrium regular and thin? So is it the same thickness all the way um, through the uterus? Or is it sort of bumpy? If it's very bumpy, that could suggest the presence of adhesions or scar tissue within the uterine cavity. If the lining is very thin, so three, four, five millimetres, then one consideration is whether there is scarring or damage to the endometrium for some reason, and whether a hysteroscopy should be performed. This is a, a procedure where a small telescope is passed through the cervix and the surgeon looks to see if there is any scar tissue there and if there is then it can be cut away and potentially that can improve the endometrial thickness and the chance of an embryo implanting. Um, if someone has had a perhaps a, a infections inside their uterus because of a retained placenta after delivery that became infected or has had a complicated complicated surgery either for uh, to treat a miscarriage or a termination then very occasionally that can cause issues with scarring inside the uterine cavity though fortunately that is pretty unusual. So one of the investigations for a very thin lining would be a hysteroscopy. Now next question is well what can you actually do about a thin lining and in particular I'm thinking if uh, hysteroscopy has been done and it's not been found to be any scar tissue within. Well, during a fresh cycle, there's not a lot you can do about it. As I said, with the stimulation is causing estrogen levels to go very high and you can't really do anything more about it. You know, the endometrium is being hit by lots of estrogen hormones. In a frozen cycle, then one approach is to give more estrogen. So very often clinics might start with four or six milligrams uh, of estrogen tablets by mouth per day. Potentially that can be increased to 12 milligrams by mouth or potentially you can have um, estrogen patches added in uh, on top as well. So you can actually give quite high doses of estrogen in total, either um, by tablets and or by patches. And then sometimes you can then see that the, the, the lining will thicken further. But as I said, if we're getting up to six or seven millimetres in a frozen cycle, then I'm fairly reassured by that. And then the progesterone pessaries would be added in. Over the years, people have also looked to see whether using uh, drugs such as Viagra, and the thinking was maybe that increases blood flow. So drugs such as Viagra or aspirin or, or various other agents makes a difference to the lining. And unfortunately, though it's been spoken about for over 20 years now, giving these things, the randomised trials where women are either given the, the active drug, such as Viagra, or a placebo, actually show it makes no difference at all. People have also tried giving various vitamins and various other supplements. Uh, and I think the honest answer in the end, if there is a thin lining, it, there may not be a lot that you can do about it apart from to give more estrogen. The final thing to say is if, if, if there is a struggle with the, with the thin lining in a medicated frozen cycle, I think it's always worth 
tracking through a natural cycle and seeing whether a natural frozen cycle may be beneficial. And for some reason, some women have a better lining naturally than they do when they give drugs. Well, guys, it's over. It's over. C'est fun. <laughs> you did that last week, I think. Did I? Oh, God. No, no, no such thing it. as a new gag over here, is there, guys? It gives us a continental air. Very refined, Thank you. That's me. Classic, yeah. refined and sophisticated. That's all things that people have said about me. Not we're like the, um, ever. We're the podcast version of Cezanne. <clears throat> I do actually own some Cezanne. Oh, no, I don't anymore. Oh, I do own a Cezanne shirt. I love I, Cezanne. I've got some bags from there that are beautiful, but mm. I just don't think I fit into any of their clothes because it's made for very les très petites femmes. Yeah, so I, my husband bought me a suit from Cezanne for my birthday, if you may recall, and I, I think it didn't suit me because I'm not quite petite enough. Yeah. I looked a bit silly. Yeah. You need to be waif-like. There's a reason why tall women are called tall and smaller women are called petite, because they're so dainty and franche. Yeah. Whereas we're just like great big heffalumps. Yeah. Just, anyway. Anyway. Um, I would like to introduce you to the concept that next week we're speaking to, like, probably the best person in the whole world. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that person is called Louis. Yay, Louis. Louis. And she is our acupuncturist. Yeah, guys, we finally, we pulled her out. Yeah, this is... Took her away from the acupuncture table, took the needles out of her hands, stuck in front of her mic. This is by popular demand because we get approximately 10 billion messages asking who is our acupuncturist. Yeah. And so finally, you are going to find out and you're going to find out why we love her so much. And although she is a whiz with the needles, she's also just the best, most chatty person. She's lovely. She's lovely. She is just, just so, so lovely. So yeah, that's nice. I've missed her as well. So it was good to have a dose of Louis. It was great. Um, so yeah, we'll speak to you next week. Until then, take care. Have a Bye. nice week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.